The Browns, once again, let it slip through their hands. This is more painful than a lot of people think. You look at this situation with the Cleveland Browns. Is the season over? Which players played the worst? We'll get the grades from John Costco, Pro Football Focus. We'll look ahead a little bit to the Cincinnati Bengals, and we'll try to figure out how the Browns write this ship. We, it'll all happen next on the next episode of the Locked on Browns podcast. You are Locked on Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. G. Bush in the building. Uh, we, we got uh, uh, Jeff Lloyd is out right now. He is a little under the weather, but no, no fear. No fear. We still get to it. We still got John Costco, pro football focus to get into the grades, get into a lot of different things uh, that we saw that were good, bad, and ugly from the loss uh, yesterday to the Baltimore Ravens. We'll get into a lot of different things concerning this, this matchup. But before we get to that matchup, yes. this episode is brought to you by Prediction Strike the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower risk alternative to sports betting and athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand. Uh, you, you know, uh, if you invest in Jalen Hurts in, in one year ago, guess what? Today, you'd be at 48.2%. Rashad Penny is up 154%. Kyle Pitts, and in, in, in conversely, is down 41.12% and struggling uh, to start the year. These are all types of things that we look for and all the things that you can do uh, when you when you do prediction strike. It's basically looking to find out what players are trending, what players do, and how players go about that. All athletes benefit too and are entitled to a percentage of the marketplace. Unlike sports betting companies, 2.5 trade fees, the lowest in real money sports. You can invest in four sports, not just the NFL, but UFC, MLB, and NBA. Everyone knows you should be investing, but why not invest in what you actually know as a football fanatic? Download the Prediction Strike app and use the code word LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make the first deposit of $20 or more. The, that's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with the code LOCKED and make a deposit to win 100 free random shares. That could be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky and receive Josh Allen shares, for instance. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market, for sports locked on Browns podcast. We are here with John Costco, pro football focus. John, obviously uh, yesterday was a tough one. Um, the Browns once again, had an opportunity to win this game. The Browns all had an opportunity to, uh, you, you know, get the game at the end of the, uh, end of the game. They had an opportunity to line up for a field goal. And just like so many games that we talked about in the past, the Browns found a way to lose it. When you look at this game, um, and you look at the way the Browns lost that game, what to you stood out as one of the main turning points and why they weren't able to pull it together uh, and get the win in the end? Yeah, I mean, a lot of factors would led into that, I think. Um, when you have, you know, sub suboptimal play from your quarterback, that's going to really kind of hamper what you can do on offensively. Um, you know, Jacoby Brissett started off the season really well, but I think, 
Jacoby Brissett's turning into what we know him to be throughout the rest of his career, which is a uh, a backup quarterback that's you know can maybe get you into good situations on the uh, and certain you know you know spot plays, but he, you can't have him as a long term starter, and we're we're seeing why. Um, you know he had he had two he had he was stripped in the pocket a couple of times. Um, you know just just largely was not effective uh throwing the ball um you know for the most part i I know that he had 300 you know some odd yards or whatever but you you wouldn't look at that game and go oh man he he was shredding the the ravens defense left and right no no he wasn't um and then you know he was making some critical mistakes at at critical times um you know and, and i think I think for the Browns, you know, when you get, when you have, uh, you know, you start getting into those, uh, the scoring range, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, you would have said that when you got to fourth and three at the inside the 20, Stefanski's going for that. And in this situation, he, he took the points, um, and this kicked a field goal. And then, you know, the Ravens were able to go down the field and, and kick a field goal as well. And so it's still a 10 point game and it, it, it basically accomplished you nothing. So, you know, maybe, maybe you go for it there in that situation to, to put, you know, a touchdown up on a board. And then also when you get to midfield and you're, you're lining up for a 55, 56 yard field goal at fourth and five, it's like, yeah, you, should you be going for that as well? It's like, you know, at some points that, you know, throughout the, the coaching tenure of Kevin Spansky, he's been aggressive, which is, which is great. And then, you know, some situations where it's like, he goes against like what the analytics say. And where it goes with like, hey, that's the, the football gut guy says to do. Um, and in this game, that that cost them the game, I would say, you know, in the, those types of situ- uh, decision making decisions. So um, obviously the defense was also not good from a, a run stopping perspective uh, that, you know, you obviously would say that they did a really good job limiting what they did from a pass game perspective. But, de- you know, defensively, they still have issues in the run game. Uh, where the Ravens, you know, running running offense was just able to to move it down the field uh, pretty at, pretty much at will all game long, um, you know, and and I think uh, they still got to get things fixed there. You know, you you talk about the run game and the run fits, and and it's really nerve wracking that a lot of uh, fans seem to think that um just because you, you know you didn't give up a lot of points or or you, you know there were some things that the defense played a little bit better um that you know, that's winning football. I, I also thought the Ravens ran the ball at will. I thought the Browns didn't get to do enough jo- a good enough job of pressuring uh, in certain circumstances, especially third and long. Um, and and I thought that the Browns did a couple little wrinkles defensively um, earlier. They brought uh, blitzes. They brought um, MJ Emerson. They, they stood Clowney and Miles Garrett up. I saw an alignment with, you know, had a, a, the eagle look with two, uh, three techniques on, on each of the guards, try to stop the run. I thought you were creative, but after that initial wave of creativity, like on the offense end, they seemed to bog down and not be able to get off the field, especially when it came to stopping the run. Uh, when you look at the grades up front uh, for the defensive line um, and some of the outliers, who on the defense, you know, had one of the poorer days in terms of uh, one of the defensive standouts that the numbers bear out for pro football focus? Uh, Deion Jones was really bad. Um, and I, <laughs> I know that, you know, people kind of thought maybe he'd come in here and kind of help right the ship when it comes to their run defense. But, you know, it's like I said about Deion Jones, he's 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 never been a good re- run defender in his in his career um, and was has been a plus coverage defender. And in a game where the Ravens basically did not throw it. They, I think that, you know, they threw it 17 times 
and then they, you know, ran it more than double that. Uh, you needed you needed guys out there that could be able to stop the run. He had a 36.2 overall grade in this one, uh, wow. just a 39 run defense grade. So, you know, he was actually better than Jacob uh, Phillips, you know, the guy that he's supposedly replacing and now is also hurt. So um, I just don't see teams stopping running the ball on the Browns at this point because of how bad the Browns are at stopping the run. Uh, as effective as the Browns run game is, they're they're less effective at stopping the run than the Browns run game is. So it's it's an issue. And you know, if you had that type of attack that you can just do all game long, why why would you why wouldn't you when you have, you know, you can limit the effectiveness of like a Miles Garrett and, and Jadavian Clowney? I think the Browns have been poor so far this season and just all the above. Uh, and it's very difficult to stop the run when your middle is so, uh, you know, susceptible. The defensive tackles, um, you know, haven't done much. Uh, what are your thoughts up front? Who who had the best grades up front and, and who kind of uh, disappointed in terms of, of stopping the run? Yeah, Tommy Togiai was actually pretty good in this game. Um, so he, his grade was a 76.6. Uh, run defense was was seventy five point four, so he was actually doing a pretty good job. He had some uh, some nice plays. I know there's one at the goal line where he you know made a made a tackle for a short uh, you know like a no gain, um, which which is a big play. Uh, granted, he was on there for seventeen snaps, but on those seventeen snaps, he was he was a plus player for them. Um, Isaiah Thomas also did a pretty good job in in, in uh, sub packages for for the Browns and when you know when they were wanting, needing to stop the run because he was out there basically on, you know, 23 snaps, 21 of them are run plays, and he did a, a, a solid job. Um, you know, from a bad perspective, uh, Jordan Elliott was bad again. Um, and so was Jacob Phillips, but Jordan Elliott and, and also Alex Wright, both were were pretty poor in this game, stopping to run. Uh, both, both of them had grades in the 50s, which, to be honest, is, is an improvement, um, you know, before, uh, over what they've shown before. So, um, you know, I think, I think what we – you know, it still wasn't good enough from a run stopping perspective for a team. Um, but like from a, a full team perspective, they they had a, a grade of a 61 run defense, which is not good. But, you know, we're talking like the past few games have been in the 40s and 50s for the for them. So while there is improvement, like you you know mentioned early in the game, it still is not good enough. You need you need to be better than that. So, um, yeah, Jordan Elliott, Alex Wright were, were not good. Uh, but Taven Bryan and uh, what showed improvement in this one was a 62 uh, run defense grade. So it, it's there's good and good and bad to, to take away from this. Oh, you know, we talked a little bit about the, uh, you know, some of the outliers here in this first segment. Let's switch to coaching in the next segment. We will get to uh, get to some of the coaching. We'll ask whether Kevin Stefanski has lost the locker room reports out there that guys are yelling and screaming at each other, uh, you know, you know, blaming each other for, you know, a lack of leadership. We'll ask John, has, has he really lost the locker room? We'll talk about the coaching staff uh, coming up in the next break. But first, let's get to our folks at Blue Nile. Looking for a piece of jewelry uh, to commemorate a special milestone, but still having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand, 24-7, available via phone, or chat to help you with your memorable gift every budget. Shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and shipped 
for free industry packaging. They all we they also offer overnight shipping if you are in a, in a rush. Take your moment sparkle with BlueNile.com. Go to BlueNile.com and use the code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase uh, of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Use the code word LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, code word LOCKEDON. Uh, we're back here, uh, Locked on Browns podcast. G. Bush, I know you're missing it. My man Jeff is a little under the weather. We will get him back in. But you know what? The game don't stop for nobody, especially when you got to break down this film. And, of course, the best in the game and the best of the business. John Costco is here talking about the Browns and Ravens. Um, you know, we talked about some of the, the outliers and, and, and guys that, um, you know, didn't do what they were supposed to and, and and didn't really help the Browns win the game against the Baltimore Ravens on um, on Sunday. But there has been some rumblings, uh, you know, you know, a lot of people, Mary Kay Cabot. I talked to Jason Lloyd. Um, a lot of those guys, while you, they were in the press uh, conference last night, heard a lot of commotion, a lot of screaming, tempers flaring between teammates. And, and one of the things that you, you don't Good. want to happen as an individual Right. Sometimes we want that to happen because guess what? Hey, that means at least you care, at least you're passionate. Um, or that could mean that your coach has lost the, the the locker room, that they don't have faith in the game plan that they're putting together. John, um, you've seen uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski for the last three years. Um, do you believe that this might be an opportunity or people may say, Hey, has he lost the locker room? Are those guys not really dialed in to what he's what he's selling? So this is this is one thing, right? So we we've known Kevin Stefanski for almost three years now. This is the third season, right? And I don't think we've ever seen emotion from him. Like he doesn't. He looks like an emotionless type coach on the on the sideline. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't get you know his highs. You know, never gets too high. Never gets too low. No matter what happens in a game, which you know some people like, some people don't. I think it's a good thing that you have a coach that has a a head on his shoulders that can maybe stay even keeled throughout the game to be able to make good decisions and stuff like that. I think, I think it's a good trait, but so like when it's kind of like when you, when you come up across a, an individual who's always like, doesn't speak very much, very soft-spoken person. But then when that person does speak, it's like, Oh, maybe he has something to say. Let's listen to him. Right. Kind of the same thing where it's like Stefanski never maybe has a hot temper or gets angry with you. So if you, if he has a situation where he comes into that locker room, and maybe he starts chewing some people out. People go, "Oh, this is different. Let's let's maybe listen to that, right? Maybe they'll respond to that in a, in a in some sort of positive way." So I don't think that you know from from a, I don't think there's a, a, a this is a big deal, right? I don't think it's a, it's it's probably going to get blown out of proportion and stuff like that to see. Oh, there's yelling and stuff like that. Like these are grown men with with like high testosterone that are going to be are they competitive <laughs> that want that want to win the, this game, right? Like they're, they're upset. They know they're a bet, they're better than their two and five record. This is, you know, we, we have our adjusted scores metric that we have at PFF. They should be six and one based on the way they've played versus the opponent. Like, uh, and, and like the situations of like luck, um, you know, how the game flow went and stuff like that. They, they should be much better than that. But, and I think if you have like a Deshaun Watson type quarterback, you, you probably are the flip, the inverse of what your record is right now. So I think, I think having this happen is not a big deal. I think it should probably, Hey, we need to, we need to, you know, maybe change a few things and it gets some kind of fire started on them, 
So I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's actually a good, I think it actually can be a really good thing for the team. Um, when I look at it, I think, um, you know, the yelling and back and forth, I wanted them to do on the sideline <laughs> in public. So, you know, for me, I'm a, I'm a guy that thinks that way. I, I don't think that necessarily getting into these confrontations is a bad thing. It just shows you that you want to play and you want to win. Um, but I will say this, and, and we can kind of get into this, is, you know, I, I think that there's an issue sometimes when coaches start to lose, right? And when you start to lose and you're losing in a way week after week that's different and you're preaching a certain, uh, you know, a, a certain offense, you're preaching how you guys need to go about your work to win football games. And when players put that much time and energy and effort into a game plan and they're not seeing the success, they're not seeing the production, there's something that can go wrong in terms of saying, hey, we doing all this work. We doing what you tell us to do, but we don't understand why the defense and Joe Woods said it, you know, prior to this game, they asked what's wrong with the defense. Why aren't they far ahead, um, further ahead than, than what you, we would expect at this point. And he just says, I don't know that I'm puzzled. I don't know. I said, that's a horrible answer. <laughs> like, do they, do you think the players are starting to question whether or not the philosophy of the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator is working? You, you'll always have uh, a different answer to the media than what you would say in that, that those meeting rooms. Like when it's like, well, why is your run demon so bad? It's like, well, I, I don't, you know, uh, you, you, you skate around the answer, right? Like right. you gotta be, you know, you, you kind of blame as a whole team thing. I got to adjust a little bit better. You get in those meeting rooms. You're just like, listen, listen, Togi, you're getting blown off the ball five, six yards <laughs> down the field. What are you doing here? Like right. that's what happens in those meetings versus like in, in a you know the media. You're not gonna call out your players. And that's a policy that probably because you've ne you never hear it from these coaches that they're calling out individual players. You right. some coaches do it, like you know, Bruce Arians does it obviously in, in Tampa Bay. Um, but like there's some coaches that just don't do that. So I, I think I don't really read too much into like what's said in the media, right? So I think who knows what's being said in those behind closed meetings of, of team meetings of like, Hey, you know, this is your, your five gaps out of your spot. You need to be in the a gap. What are you doing over there containing the edge? Like something like that. You know what? I mean, obviously it's probably not that bad, but like, that's what's going on in those meetings. So I don't think that like the players think that the scheme isn't working from a defensive standpoint um, because just a year ago, they were a top five defense. And I think they understand that they are severely lacking up the middle when it comes to this defense. And uh, there's, it's like you, you, you win, you win with good talent in this league. Like scheme can only take you so far. And when you have one bad player on that defensive line, you can work around that. When you have three bad players on the defensive line, including guys that you're rotating in plus bad linebacker play plus bad safety play, I, I really don't know what you can do schematically to, to fix that. I, I, that's a that's a GM issue that brought the players in. Mm, okay. So let me ask you this really quickly before we get to uh, – we'll, we'll transition and pivot and kind of talk about, uh, you know, ways to improve this moving forward and whether or not the season is salvageable. Got to talk about some uh, offensive grades though, right? Yes, yes. We we got We definitely got to get to some offensive grades. Um, let me ask you this question. Do you believe – um, Stefanski, Woods, and Prefer will all be back next year. No, I, I mean I would not expect Prefer to be back next year. Um, 
that that special teams unit is like consistently bad. Um, I would just not. I just I just don't see them being all back. I I, I think it's Savancy's going to be back. I don't think that's like a, a question at all. Um, Woods I can see being back because he's been severely hampered this year by a lack of good players up the middle. Like not even just good players, just like average players. You just need average there. And part of it is like, Hey, maybe you got to get a new defensive line coach to develop these guys better. You know, that's part of it. Um, but I, I think it's woods. There's a question mark on it. Like we've seen good defense from him, right? We have not seen anything good from Mike free for through his three years. Like there's, there's, those are some basic issues that, you know, from a, you should never be bad on special teams. Like those guys are supposed to be the most hungry guys on the team because they're fighting at that bottom bottom of the roster, and really they're they're multiple pieces of clay. Like they, you should be able to, hey, this is your lane, stay in your lane type stuff. Like it's not that hard to be decently good at special teams, and just really isn't. You shouldn't be giving up fifty yard returns and stuff. When we get back uh, after break, we will get back into. Some offense, we got to talk about the offense a little bit. And then we'll also talk about uh, whether or not the season is salvageable. Um, we'll, we're breaking down the Ravens game with John Costco of Pro Football Focus. And we'll get back to that right after these awesome words from Prize Picks, right? Um, you know, how does Prize Picks work? A lot of people ask about it all the time. What Prize Picks is, is, is really easy to do. You pick two to five players. Uh, and if they will go, uh, if they will go score more than or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on an entry. Um, no competing against other people; it's just you versus the projected projections available. Prize picks offer projections on any sport that you watch. That includes NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, PGA, college football men's college basketball and women's college basketball, including soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, and, and so much more. When you take a look at this thing, you're not going against people. You're just going against what the projection is. And that's what makes prize picks so special. Uh, download the prize pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the, uh, the promo code Locked On at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. Back here, last segment on the Locked On Browns podcast, uh, you know, as always, we, when we do uh, uh, Monday, we break down that film work, we get to it, and uh, we talk to John Costco, Pro Football Focus, breaking down these grades. We talked about the defense a little bit. Let's get into the offense. There's a couple places on the offensive line where there were some guys who, you know, Pochich, by the way, um, he's just, I haven't noticed him at all. Um, he's been a guy that just came in for Harris, um, in, in terms of the two guys, Pochich, and then uh, I think it was Lodeholt, uh was the guard, correct? That's right. And, and so two guys, that was the strength of your team. Uh, you know, Wyatt Teller is out. How did those two guys perform uh, up front uh, with the running game and the passing game up front? Well, Froholt had, I think it was mixed reviews. So, like, run game, I thought he was pretty solid um, blocking there. Um, had some good blocks, had some missed blocks. I think you're, you know, for a guy that's 
uh, a backup pretty much did as expected there. Um, but he was pretty poor in, in pass protection with a 32.4 grade um, in, in, in pass protection. Now, uh, Postic has, has been, I'd say, pretty fine. You know, from a, um, you know, I'll, I'll go back and, and throw hold here. He, he gave up two sacks in the game. So he was he was accounted for on, on two of the sacks that Jacoby had. So it was it was a pretty bad performance by him. But Postic is, you know, he didn't give up any sacks, gave up just one pressure um you know and in, in, in route to a 73.4 grade uh for him uh in in pass protection and was pretty solid in in the run game not great but like 63.2 is it's a perfectly fine game um you know for a center it's not like he's not a guy that's going to be super good there but he is like you know when Tyler's out there he's the weakest link on the on the offensive line most weeks um but this week that wasn't the case the there was a, another guy that I have yet to mention who's my the weakest goodness. link. Let's go ahead and get to him because to me, me and you talk, have talked about this at length. I just don't even think Jedrick Wills, and, and that's the guy I, I spoiled it. I was supposed to do a professional tease right there, but he played so bad to me that we're just gonna get him out and open. To me, I always thought he should have been a guard, but then again, he doesn't he doesn't run block good enough in order to be a guard. I thought he, he, he guys were running past him. And people, and maybe you can explain this to him. I didn't play D-line. I was up there. What he was doing is a hold. That is a hold. You can't grab somebody's jersey, sling them down in front of a referee. I yeah. just, and, and then he turns around lots of times. He gets beat, and he just looks at the play. It's like this guy is a top 10 pick, and I think he's borderline uh, teetering on saying that he's a bust because there's three people from that draft that are better than him. What did you have for uh, you, your boy, uh, Mr. Dark Shield himself, <laughs> Jedrick Wills? So he was he he was a uh, thirty two point nine for the game, uh, thirty six point seven in pass protection, forty six as a run blocker uh, was just really bad. And if you watched him that game, so there's an ESPN stat that's out there that says he's been the best pass protector in the NFL at the offensive tackle position. It's like, that's, it's an absolute joke. I, I don't know where they, how they come up with those metrics. He was like 98% win percentage at uh, pass protection. It's like, what are you looking at that gives him that 98% per, uh, you know, win percentage at the, as a pass blocker. We had him as like, I think I, I tweeted this out. It was like, he's like, 50 something I, don't, I can't remember it but out of like 60 some eligible he's like 52nd I, it's it's a joke that he's he was for for whatever reason espn has that stat out there so he um he's been he's been not good like he he the thing with him is like i, I don't know if i would say he's a bust but he's ma a massive disappointment for the 10th overall pick right so i think you know you'd expect him to be an average offensive tackle at, at a minimum when you're picked at that number and he's a below average offensive tackle. He's definitely not, I'd say replacement level bad, but he's just, a, he's above that, but he's not much above that. And the problem, like you said, like he gets beat, he'll turn around and look at the guy and go, crap, what did I do? Instead of like trying to find work or like actively trying to make, <laughs> make what you did wrong. Right. You look back and go, gosh, I screwed up. There was one play in this game where he actually got whipped so badly by was by Justin Houston. He actually went to like continue to help block, and it did help the to free up Jacoby Reset um, to to go on a scramble, which I've never seen him do that before. Like when he gets beat, he's usually just like I'm done. Like 
I'm just, I'm cool. But this play, he actually continued to fight to to you know you know help help make it so that Jacob Brissett maybe got out of the sack or whatever, and so he scrambled. So I I had a lot of issues with him and the way he plays. I thought he could be he could be really good coming out. The the issues that he had at Alabama were that he tended to do exactly what he does, which is like if he gets beat, if he has these mental lapses where it's just kind of like, how did you get beat so quickly by a guy, you know, this Southern Miss guy, right? Like that's that's the type of stuff that would happen. And now it, the same thing types of happens to pretty much every player at the NFL level because they're they're all they're all very good. So he, you know, he had the talent, the broad talent. It's just I don't he doesn't have it mentally. You know, when you look at it, and we looked at the game yesterday against the Ravens, um, Browns moved to two, two and five. Now, me for for myself, I, I was simply to say the season's over right there. However, they got Cincinnati on Monday night. Um, if they lose that game, I think you could put a fork in any chances they're doing anything in the playoffs. Um, I think they're holding on by a string. Um, do you think the season is salvageable, salvageable um, in terms of a win-loss record? And do you do you actually have to um, start contemplating that this team might not win five or six games? They might be, <laughs> they might be, uh, you know, just a three four win team this year, um, considering the ways they found to lose. So, uh, when when Deshaun Watson comes back for the last what is it six games of the year? Yep, they very feasibly could go five and one in that stretch. So, you know, they're going to play the Texans. That should be a win. They can beat the Bengals. They, they should be able to beat the Ravens. The Ravens are not a good team, as you saw on, on Sunday. Nope. It's not like they were any world beaters. They'll beat the Saints. They beat the the, the Commanders. And then they're at, at Pittsburgh the final week. And we've Pittsburgh's not very good. So that's like, I don't, you know, they could go five and one in that stretch. You know, you're not going to say that they should win every single game. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. But they could. But the thing is, so you know, you get, you get to that stretch, right? So they have, they have two wins now and they get to that, you know, and they win six. Oh, right. That'd be, they'd be having eight and nine record that actually might get them in the playoffs this year. Uh, I would have to look at that. I mean, like who, what, what's the number you get seven into the playoffs right now. Yeah. I That's think so. Chargers, chargers are the sitting there. Chargers and the Bengals are sitting there. Um, I think thing is Bengals are going to win the division. The Ravens are not. So I mean, it, the thing is too, the Jets are not a very good team. So like they're a fraud five and two team. They're not. They're not that good. Um, so I, I would expect them to start losing a bunch of games. The Dolphins are okay, but two is not a very good quarterback. But I think they'll they'll probably stay in there in, in that fight. Titans are they're going to make they're going to win their division because that's a garbage division. Yeah. Uh, with the Jag, Jaguars, Texans, and Colts who are not very good. So the Browns have a shot, right? Like I think if they can, they can steal a win or two here, you know, maybe, maybe they steal a win against the dolphins. Maybe they steal a win against the Buccaneers because we've seen the Buccaneers not play very well. That gets them at four wins. You get, then you're, then you're sitting at a, at a situation where you could potentially have that playoff push. If you have Watson playing at, at, you know, coming in at, at a, at a high level. So it's, but the thing is it's, it's, it's dire. It's, you know, obviously you wanted to say, Hey, we, we start the season four and O you should have started the season four and O. And then it puts you into a position where when Deshaun Watson gets back, you're, you're in, you're in good shape. Now it's, it's tough. The thing is, is the Browns have a, they still have a really good team. Um, you look at their offense minus the quarterback. 
they're the highest graded offense in the NFL. So you combine the offensive line with the running running game, the tight ends and and wide receivers, they're they're number one in the NFL. And you bring in a, an elite level quarterback into that fold. How much better does he make those wide receivers uh, over what they are? Obviously, Amari Cooper has been really good. And I think David Njoku has been really good this year. We've seen that. But how much more does Sean Watson get out of, you know, guys like David Bell and, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who, who uh, has been, you know, actually pretty good this year when he's needed to. But the thing that I think that's underrated about those wide receivers is that they are really good run blockers. I think that that kind of yep. gets lost in the fold with, with the the Browns run game, but still, I think, I think Watson gets more out of this passing unit than what the Jacoby Brissett does. And, and also you're talking about like just efficiency of moving the ball up and down the field on a consistent basis. Like the Browns went three and out like a handful of times in a row. Like, you know, typically elite level quarterbacks don't do that. So I, I think that's another thing too. Like the, as bad as this season's been for the Browns, they've lost four games by a total of nine points. Does does Deshaun Watson win you those games? Probably. Probably. You know, like that. We're we're kind of nitpicking a lot of different things when it comes to the Browns. You know, like that's that's a difference of wins and losses in the NFL as an elite level quarterback. That you can only mask so much when you have a guy like Jacoby Brissett or Baker Mayfield last year, where he was playing really bad. It's just it is what it is. Well, we we talked. We got to a lot of things. We talked about the offense. Uh, and, you know, the last segment, we did a little bit of defense and, and some of those woes as well. You know, John gave us some some grades that really pointed out why teams are able to run the football and also gave us some grades of, of on our offensive line um, showing, you know, guys that have been able to come in and step up when starters go down. And sometimes veterans don't play up to their steeds. They don't play up to their momentum. Talked about Jedrick Wills. And then finally, whether or not the season is over and what avenue do the Browns have to getting back into that, that, that uh, the playoffs. So for G Bush, this is John Costco. Make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Browns. Make sure you subscribe to us on Twitter as well. And make sure you continue to download uh, the podcast wherever you get your podcast at. And thank you for making the Browns Locked on uh, your first listen of every game. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Jeff will be back. Shout out to him. And as always, make sure you go Browns and continue to get better. We need LGB on the LOB. Yeah. GB GB (laughs) on the LOB. Let's go Browns.